welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm once again joined by Chris and Greg. Hello, guys. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. good it's a bit different tonight. We're recording on a, a Sunday evening rather than a Monday. So we a bit mixing it up, keeping it fresh. Right. I'll take the blame for that one since uh, I'm going to the, the Scottish Youth Cup final tomorrow at Hamden. Celtic versus Cooney South. See, the prices are really quite reasonable. Is it a fiver again? A fiver ahead, aye. aye. So anybody that's in the area should be going along. Whether you hear this before it oh, happens, depends how quickly I can edit it. That's it, but <laughs> aye, normally I'm pretty quick. Aye, so before we, we get going, we've got. I thought I'd have a wee look back at uh, a review that I received during the week uh, for the podcast. It's always good to, to hear what the, the fans have got to say, really. And we've got this, this comment saying... Uh, well, 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 you're talking your usual bail. I'll give the Hoops fans some more bail from another of your delusional FK buddies. I think we know what the FK stands for. And then he linked to a, a Rangers media article. Sums you all up in a jiffy. <laughs> not your usual comment. But yeah, Greg, I, I'm not sure if it was you he was aiming at the usual bail. I, I, I don't know, unless there's... This was an broth address attached. I don't think it's anything to do with me. I was, uh, I've been pretty complimentary the last few weeks saying that. It's maybe been uh, Derek Riordan or somebody like that that's getting in touch. The grammars probably such that it could have been Riordan, given that this imbecile can barely string a couple of words together. I did together. find it funny that uh, I think he must have picked up that we were talking about Neil Lennon, but, well, I called him witty and funny, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we were we were almost almost bigger them up last week if you can almost if you can stretch yeah. that far. I got another review as well from a manager at my work, and he said that he was listening to the show and he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's that's for another uh, weekend. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have started with these two negative comments, but maybe next week we'll get a positive. No. <laughs> I think we should say, if you are listening to this, uh, thanks, and if you might believe this a positive review, maybe, that'd be really yeah. nice. Nah, leave us, leave us any sort of viewer like. Leave your name, leave your Twitter name, come on and uh, step up to the plate and leave us a review, and we'll, uh, we'll take you down a couple of pegs next week. You'll get a mention in the podcast. Come on, come <laughs> and if ahead. you're talking about me, you're, you're, you'll know it's me because I'm the boring one. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the boring one, Greg's uh, the grumpy one. Don't know what you are, Chris. <laughs> the eye, the, star, the man with the stats, oh. that's it. So in this week's podcast, we've got the, the SPL review. We'll cover the games at the weekend, the games that took place yesterday and today. We'll take a look at the, the Paul Band charity bet. Again, it was rubbish. I, I blame the person who picked the, the games last week. And then we've got the SPL preview. So starting off with the SPL review and the first game of the week weekend was on Saturday lunchtime. And that was uh, the battle, really, for the Champions League spot. Sorry, Greg, but I'm discounting Motherwell now. Oh, uh, did I? Yeah, that's uh, quite... So, St. Johnson were going into this. They hadn't beaten Dundee United, I think, for something like 12 years at McDermott Park. So, it was a, a pretty terrible run. And that run continues because Dundee United came away from this 2-0 winners. And apart from the first maybe 15 minutes when St. Johnson came out of the traps really well, United were the, the stronger team overall. Did either of you watch it? 
I did die. I was watching it in the was it, live ESPN lunchtime game yesterday, and there's nothing better to do. I thought I'd sit and watch it, and quite enjoyed it actually. I mean, like you say, it was it, Johnson started pretty well, but then once Dundee United got into their stride, they never really looked like uh, much trouble, and always looked like maybe getting the three points. So I think well, certainly once the, the the first goal went in, St Johnson really kind of struggled defending. Mind you, when uh, Sundaza gets sent off, that seemed to be uh, after that seemed to be their best period. I don't know what Sundaza was really doing. I, I didn't see see much of it. I, I was watching the game, uh, but I, I stopped watching to be honest when he got sent off. And I, I seen it in the highlights, and I don't know. It just seemed a bit of a silly kick out, and then he, he went right in the huff, and he pushed one of his players away, and Dave Mackay had to come on and sort him out. Really, push him off the park almost. Right, he's made a bit of fool himself. Sundaza he was booked. Before he got sent off, he was booked for um, it looked like a bit of a flying elbow in the back of somebody's head, and I think the I think he's uh, his second incident happened just shortly after that, and it's one of these. It's a it's a daft petulant kick. It's not even it's not even like a full swing. It's just like a like a, a playground kick to the back of the heel, and the referee spotted it and, and given him a straight red. And I'm not sure why he was chucking the toys at the pram to be honest, because he's only got himself to blame, and uh, certainly one or two of his teammates were leaving him in no doubt as to as to what they thought about it. But, I mean, it's looking like he's probably off at the end of the season anyway, so they're probably sick to the back teeth of him by now, um, as it is. So, uh, I don't think he can get any complaints about his, about his red card. The referee says that, and you're straight off. So, more full him, to be honest. But I think the St Johnston fans might be a wee bit disappointed their team never never stuck a ball in the back of the net, given they'd Sundaza, um, Sheridan and, and Reardon all, all starting on Saturday I would have thought they might have conjured up a goal from somewhere but it wasn't it be for them Yeah they were missing Jody Morris and he can often pull the strings in the midfield so maybe that's what was missing Aye possibly but um, I don't think they probably looked like they were they were worth their win St Johnston maybe a wee bit off for them but as I've said before St Johnston look as though they've got the, the bit between the teeth at the moment so it's another good victory for them in there Scott Robertson's goal was pretty good. It was him that made the, the tackle as they were trying to break away from defence. I think he, he tackled it and it rebounded to Daly who laid it off for him. It was a decent strike. Almost a striker's goal, that one. But then Willow Flood, what about his miss? It's definitely a miss of the season. Oh. It bounced about maybe two or three <laughs> yards out and it was like the, the John Smith advert, just have it. And just... <laughs> <laughs> booted it out of the stadium I, I didn't think it, I, I sort of get in the highlights and I didn't think it was that bad it looks as though somebody makes a challenge just as he's sort of swinging for it and I think yeah, that's maybe enough to put him off And because um, I mean he's, he's, he's skied it so far over the bar it's, it's obviously a miss kick he's not made a decent contact but I was just it's funny watching the highlights there because you've, you've, you've got Willow Flood you've got Derek Reardon and you've got Sandaz and the three of them are just or just a, a tree of funny looking, <laughs> funny looking beggars. It was like you tend to see one flew over a cuckoo's nest last night. It was like it was like a deleted scene for that. Up at Perth in the up at Perth in Saturday, big Sandaza looks like the Indian boy that's McMurphy's pal, and uh, reared the flood like as though I don't know, come out the wrong way up. But aye, apart from that, apart from that, nothing really. No, back. It's a good three points for Dundee United. But to be honest, they're playing. And St Johnston are probably playing one of the easier teams in the top six, so we'll see how they got in against a proper side in a few weeks. Aye. 
Uh, I know what you mean. I mean, it's what well, St. Johnson you're expecting. They're already the team that weren't in the, the top six last season. So you're kind of almost expecting them to start fading away. Although Hearts are still in there as well. And Hearts weren't exactly great yesterday. Yep. As a, a nice wee link because we'll come up to that game next. But then the predictor, I thought that St. Johnson were going to end their, their terrible run. I, I went for a 1 0. It's totally wrong. No points in the predictor for me. Greg, you went one each. I optimistically hoping for a draw, I think. Chris, you went 2-1. Yep. So the next game up (laughs) is Hearts against Rangers. And uh, I mentioned that uh, on the the forum especially, I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast, that Hearts, they they would have struggled to motivate the players following the the victory in the Scottish Cup. So I don't think I'm too surprised that Rangers came away with a win here because... I just don't know that. Although they are fighting for Europe, I, I just don't see them really. Yeah, I just can't see how you motivate the players in that situation. So from what I've seen, uh, Rangers, although they they won three 0 I don't think they were too comfortable. Hearts had a, a few chances, but but nothing major apart from the penalty that BT decided to blast off the bar. But yeah, a good goal from Aluko for the free kick, and another good goal from him because he's he's very good at the free kicks and. It's a bit of a teaser for the keeper as it curled away from him. You don't often get them curling that direction, but uh, it was good. And then, yeah, it was a, it was a brilliant strike from from a local. Cause it's the, the, the good the, the good angle I think was from behind the goals, and it's one of these. He's, he's hit it with a fair bit of pace, and it's just it's flying the corner and net. And I think as we were saying a couple of weeks ago, he for me has been one of the one of the pickups of the season, given that he's he paid for his own move as well. Um, he's been a He's been he's been head and shoulders one of the, one of the better players in the second half oh, of the definitely, season. Definitely, yeah. I, I I would say that he's a contender for Player of the Year for Rangers. Um, definitely, maybe even in the definitely. league. But what goes against them is that it's mm-hmm. just half a season. But ah, that's yeah. true. What about Andy Little? His goal? Did you see when he he hit the shot and then ended up facing the wrong way? But he still had his arm in the air <laughs> to celebrate the goal. It's a bit bizarre. Not your usual technique. It looks like a pretty crop, a clumsy goal to take, but it's it's technically a good finish. So fair play. I think it is. If that one looked a bit awkward, the the, the third goal, his second, was uh, probably as easy as goal as the other score. I don't know. I, I looked at him finishing that. He just he, he tucked that in the corner there, and I don't know. You're right in front of the goals, think you? You're going to have to hit that in the middle of the goals, but I don't know whether he's maybe scuffed a wee bit here in the corner. But it was a great ball from, I think it was Whitaker, uh, slipped the ball through, and then it was it was cut across. A great ball from Whitaker, and it lead up to that goal. But curtains for Hearts by yeah. that point, to be honest. I thought that Whitaker looked a little lucky to stay on after the forearm smash that he did. <laughs> that was so bad. Even the, the I seen the video and it was from a, a Rangers TV feed. And it was that's so bad that even the commentators were laughing about whether yeah, actually they were. <laughs> to be honest, you can't get more biased than the the Rangers live feed. I watch it sometimes, and uh, 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 legally, of course, I'm must be in another country watching it. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're they're just so biased. It's just a cringe sometimes. <coughs> I don't I don't think they showed that in the BBC highlights. They or if they did, I don't they remember seeing no. it. No, they certainly don't. showed the um, uh, the challenge from the guy that used to play for Rangers, but couldn't hack it. What's his Webster, name? Plays for Hearts now. Webster. They showed they showed a challenge with Webster. I looked a wee bit. 
a wee bit late and a wee bit leading with elbow as well, but I don't remember them showing the, the Whitaker one at all. Which is, it's just bizarre when, when you see that in the highlights, they, what they pick and choose, because that's, that's a, a big moment in the game, the fact they only got a book in there. Yeah, saying that, I loved the, I think it was the, in the lead up to the second goal, um, it was it was Laurie's boyfriend, Ian Black, that gave the ball away. Yeah, and I looked up to that one, so that, that cheered me up no end. It was, I didn't see him on Twitter last night crawling about Ian Black, because again, again, only judging by the highlights, but he looked as though he had a pretty quiet game um, by his Maybe usual standards. that's why Laurie's not on tonight, because the invitation was there, oh, but aye, he's still hurting, I think. So he... His other boyfriend, Scratch, had a decent shot at one point. Good save for McGregor. Don't... It seemed to hit a few players What's on the way through, but then it, it, it didn't deviate too much. Straight by, it was a good shot. No, so I'm still annoyed. But you hit the bar with that penalty. How could you not have done that last week? <laughs> I think that bar's still vibrating yeah, exactly. yeah, with, the, with, with the thump that it took off that ball. They fairly rattled it. Uh, to be fair to him, that's an inch away from being the perfect penalty. Oh, yeah, there was uh, McGregor went the correct way, but yeah, there was no way you're saving that. Aye? I, I like to think he left it to be honest. He, he knew. <laughs> You wasn't on target. So on the on the forum, Laurie left a, a comment saying that Hearts didn't turn up. Basically, they actually played in the same way I was feeling about this game, like it was a bit of a come down and didn't really matter. I think he's saying that just because they lost. I've uh, got Japester. He made a, a return to the forum, and he says good display from Rangers. Took their goals well and defended well too. Whitaker. And McCabe, great in the middle of the park. Jig again, tireless up front. Little got his goals and is doing well. Kerkar looked good when he came on. We've hit a wee bit for him and it gives us confidence for the weeks ahead. And well, in particular, next weekend, which we'll, we'll cover at the end of the podcast, but it's uh, the old firm coming up. So uh, it's a good time to hit that bit of form. So in the predictor, I went 1-0 to Rangers. Greg, you went 2-1 Rangers and Chris, you went one one apiece. So me and Greg would have got one point in the predictor. So the next game up is Inverness against Aberdeen, which Aberdeen won 2-0. The game looked, based on the highlights, it looked very open. Chances both teams and, well, surprisingly, it was two own goals to decide the game. I thought that Golabart had a, another own goal. Although it wasn't quite as good as the one where we, we mentioned on the podcast where he lobbed it into the top corner. No, but then to be fair, it's a, it's a pretty decent header, this one as <laughs> well. The keeper had no chance. The commentator said that no. was his third own goal this season, but I can't remember the other. It is, yeah. No, neither can I. I mean, he's pulled level with Keddie at uh, Dunfermline as well. He's on three for the season. And I thought the, the penalty claim against him as well seemed pretty valid. He just kind of flung himself and, and half turned away and caught his arm. And, well, you know me last week when I when I went through the, the rule book, I would say that I, I'd say that should have been a penalty. Aye, it's, ugh, it's, you, can, you can go over all this again, but aye, it's, it's the same old thing. You turn your back, you throw your hand up, you leave yourself open for it. So he's maybe, he's maybe been lucky there. He's maybe got away with one for uh, for that one. Uh, Inverness goal, it was disallowed as well. You couldn't really, typical BBC, I don't know what they do up at Inverness, it must be the, the, the camera positions or something, but you can't really tell whether they're yeah. onside or offside, but they certainly didn't look to be there's too much complaints for the Inverness players when it was chopped yeah, off. I looked to me like there was a bunch of, sort of Inverness players in behind the Aberdeen defence, so it wouldn't surprise me if it was offside. It was, it was weird because the commentator was saying uh, he's, he's clearly offside and you're like, what? 
How how can you tell that? Because <laughs> I assume he watches the same pictures we're watching. Anyway, the 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 second goal, Josh McGuinness when he was he was running through, he was a bit like Pied Piper as he ran through. There were about four of them chasing after him. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, when he when he got through the keeper, if that was me, I would have been knackered. I probably wouldn't even got a shot away. But I credit to the keeper a good save. But then Gilles lets everyone down after the, that <laughs> and knocks in his own net. And to make it make it better, he actually fell over. And I, I don't know if he was trying to... I don't know what he was doing, but that was a definite dive, that fall over there. Ah, it's, it's a horrible one, Gordon. It's one of these that you can't really do in about. You're trying to get your legs open let the ball run through it, but nah, it's too late. It's in the back of the net. Curtains. Too close to his keeper, I think, That's is the problem it. with that yeah. one. It was a strange game, though, because the highlights looked to me like it was all Inverness. And even the stats seem to back that up a bit, because there's, there's 11 shots to 5 in Inverness's favour. And this is my favourite one. There's 4 shots to 1 on target. Aberdeen has 1 <laughs> shot on target, but got 2 goals. Yeah, but, but moving away from the, the goals, it was, it was good to see Jamie Langfield. The season for Aberdeen, he's, he's made a, a couple of appearances for Forfar, who he went out and loaned to, but yeah, it's good to see him back at Aberdeen. Ah, 11 months he was out with that, uh, it was a brain seizure or yeah. something he had, he was diagnosed with, so, I mean, it's uh, just, it's great to see him back playing at, at all, and getting a clean sheet, that's uh, a lot oh, of bonus yeah, for and him. It wasn't as if he had a quiet night, ah, he's, he's pretty busy from what I've seen in the highlights. So in the predictor... I went 1-0 Inverness, Greg you went 1-0 and Chris you went 1-0, so we're all wrong. See, to be honest, we're rubbish at this prediction, my lad. It's only taking us to what, there's only what, four games left in the season, and we've now just cottoned on the fact that none of us are actually particularly good at predicting Aye, well, these we'll, things. We'll keep so. it going. <laughs> see, see, to be fair, I mean, I, I've been sitting top, uh, well, uh, a mini league I'm in on another predictor altogether. Oh, there's about eighty people in there, and I was caught <laughs> for about six months of the season, and I've been knocked off this week because my predictions have been that bad. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult because we make our predictions so early in the week, and then things change throughout the week, and then by the time it comes to match day, I'm thinking mm, maybe I would have changed that, but no, I always stick with my prediction and the, the predictor on the forum. I always keep it as what I did in the podcast. Apart from this week where I forgot to put any predictions in. But that's just me. Forgetful. So you should have an email coming in and telling you. That email did come on the Friday saying I hadn't done my predictions for Saturday. I noted the email and then still forgot. And then <laughs> yep, I got an email again Saturday morning telling me I hadn't done it for Sunday's game. Again, forgot. Just not very good. So next game up is St Mirren against Dunfermline which was an eight-goal thriller, finished four apiece. And Stephen Thompson, stand out here, Thompson with a P and the, the striker this time, he got the, the hat-trick. Jordan McMillan got a goal as well, which surprised me to see him cutting inside and getting a goal like that. It's interesting. Yeah, Good interesting finish. move, interesting finish for a defender. Not really sure what was going on there. And Andy Kirk, I loved it when he scored the fourth goal to, to bring it level in 88 minutes and then he just grabs the ball and then runs back to the halfway line as if it's like right game on we're going for this one I get... I'm not surprised to be honest I mean Dunfermline they need every point they can get at this point in the season and a point 
from this game, uh, well, it's maybe going to help a wee bit, but you kind of you start to suspect there's they need to overhaul another well, six, effectively seven points with the goal difference on Hibs. It's, but it's only four games left. They're really struggling. They could have done with three points out of this game, not just one. I think I think a defeat. I think a defeat would have more or less, um, more or less seen them go. But yeah, points that keeps it alive a wee bit longer. But I like you. I mean, you look at you look at games like that, and they need to start. They need to start uh, picking up points. But I mean, I suppose the positive side they've they've went and they've scored four goals. But I mean, the the downside, uh, as it's been for Dunfermline this season, is that they're shipping four at the back as well. And I think it was a combination of some good finishes and some nice goals. Thompson took his hat trick well. Um, especially his third one's a nice finish, and um, I think Dunfermline's third goal was a was a peach as well. But there was some absolutely awful defending uh, mixed in amongst it all too. So you're not really, it's not really that surprising there was um, there was goals conceded by Dunfermline. Sadly. So in the predictor, I went two one to St Mirren. Greg, you went one 0 Dunfermline, and Chris, you went one 0 Dunfermline. So none of us expected that that scoreline. Rubbish <laughs> again. Couple of stats out of this one. Uh, that's St Mirren's second SPL hat trick since it started in 1998. Michael Higdon got the other one against Hamilton. And apparently, it's also St Mirren's 15th draw of the season, which equals their club record. <laughs> that's a record draws. that I'm proud of. Aye. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> the best it is, it's not even, it's, it's, this will be the third time they've done 15. And of course, there's still four games to go, so they could break it. But it just shows you that, because I've, I've said a few times on the podcast that I think, I think St Mirren have been pretty good this season, they've been good value, and you know if they, if they could just have turned half a dozen of those draws into wins, um, they'd, be, they'd be sitting quite pretty in that table, because they do play some decent football, and I think with Thompson uh, being up front this season, he's, 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 he's bagging the goals for them, so if they can keep a hold of the team they've got next season and maybe add a few to it, I mean, I, I'd imagine they'd be challenging rounds around about sort of top six again. A wee bit of work. Yeah, potentially. I quite like uh, Hasselbank. So he had a, a very Aye. good start to the season and he's come into it again. He's just he's so solid for such a wee guy. And, and we've seen it in the highlights there how he just wrestles players off the ball. And for some reason, the referee allows it. But anyway, he seems to get away from folks so easily. He's good, but he just he's spent a lot of time on the bench for, for whatever reason. Maybe he just wasn't doing it in training. I think he's maybe one of these guys as well that might be, I, I, I don't like using the term, but it might be a wee bit of a luxury player as well. I mean, games sometimes where you're having to dig out um, results and dig out defensive displays, maybe he's been getting sacrificed uh, with, with a view to that. But I agree with you. I think I mean, any time I've seen him, and I've certainly seen him a couple of times live, he's always been a really good outball for them. He's always looked as though he's going to cause going to cause defence's problems. So, um He's just a good solid SPL player, I think, and I think he might have found his level. Um, to be honest, and that's not, I mean, that's not a criticism of the guy, but I think, uh, I think sometimes players find a level that they're comfortable playing at, and for and for him, you know, playing for St Mirren might just be, um, might just be best suited to his game. So moving on to Sunday's games, and the first game up was a two o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports Four, and that was Motherwell against Celtic. And with the, the game itself, it was Celtic were making hard work of it. They, they had a few chances. Motherwell were, were okay. Uh, Cha was maybe the, the standout miss the, the first part of the game when he, he managed to get Oof. not quite one-on-one with the keeper, but rather than crossing it, 
for somebody to score or, or even hitting it uh, near post, he decides to just kind of tap it into Randolph's hands. Not really sure what he was doing there, but then you could see Lennon shouting down his, his wee mouthpiece and then Thompson grabbed him and had gave him a, a piece <laughs> of his mind. <laughs> but it, well, it seemed to work because he did score later on. He, he scored the, the third, didn't he? Uh, but well, yep. prior to that, I think the, the story of the day really is going to be about Tony Watt, who came on and scored two goals in his debut for... How old is he? How old is he, Chris? 18. 18 years it's old. It's just brilliant. There was... There's a lot of huffing and puffing from Celtic prior to that and it just wasn't happening for them. I thought Paddy McCourt was a, a good sub to come on, but aye, Tony Watt definitely substituted the day and I'm sure the, the headlines tomorrow will be all over him, really. Yeah, very exciting. Aye. What a debut. That's it, it, yep. <laughs> yeah, aye. I can't think of other, any other. Aye. Well, it's, it's, everyone's going to go with what a day. Maybe a sub, sub line could be he, he lit up the game. I don't know. I'm struggling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't give up the day job. Uh, it wasn't an easy one to go for, Greg. No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. It's the only one I think of. Yeah. Aye. So, Chris, you happy with that? 3 uh, 0? Yeah, I mean, well, for us, it's, uh, the season is over. So. <laughs> It's all about what we can what we can get out of the rest of the squad this season, I think, and to see one of our youth players coming on and scoring two goals on his debut, that's that's it's great to see. It's actually the, the, the second time I think Neil Lennon's done that. He's given a, a youth player a debut and he scored. James Forrest did it a couple of seasons ago. So uh we're doing pretty well there with the with the youth coming through. Uh Tony's actually only in the squad today because he's suspended for the youth cup final in the morning. He got a second booking for scoring in the, the semi-final. <laughs> That's a nice story, that. That's good. Well, but we'll see whether it's nice and water. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that he's, he also scored on his debut for Airdrie. Back when he was maybe 15. 15 yeah. 15. I think it's 16 and 7 months, was I think it, it was. Okay. Yeah, but good. So I've got a, a few comments from the forum. I've got Charlie Boy. He likes to give some a running commentary during the, the game, and, and to be honest, he likes a good moan. Good second half since Celtic scored and made them start playing football. Cha still let the, let down for me, though, but that was posted prior to Cha scoring. Uh, Hoop says this, there were seven changes and we still won 3-0 comfortably. We'll probably be a different team next week, but I'd still like to see a few fringe players play. As for the day, Ledley, Wanyama... And Rogner for Man of the Match. Uh, we Watty changed the game with two nice goals. Roll on next week. Raymond Blair went for Wanyama as his Man of the Match as he never panicked on the ball all day. was versatile and made Motherwell players look like children when putting in a tackle. <laughs> there you are, Greg. <laughs> I think... Um, who's that made Blair. that comment? <coughs> I think he's spot on. Um that that for me was a big part of the game today. Um, I think we lost a lot of the a lot of the, a lot of the game in, in midfield. We gave away possession cheaply as well. But any time there was a fifty fifty, or any time there was a ball into feet, with all players' feet, we just weren't getting out of there quick enough. And Celtic were closing down, and crucially they were putting the tackles in, and they were they were just bossing us. They were bossing us off the ball in the middle of the park, and we never ever really got going. I think first half. It's quite a lot of huffing and puffing, um, really from both sides, and a, and a couple of decent chances. I mean, Celtic had a couple of chances, but Chris Humphrey as well, 
two good opportunities from the right hand side and uh, it's hard to tell I sit at the other side of the ground so I couldn't really see but one of them looked like a very very good save um, yeah. and he's coming uh, from the right Zoska had a couple of good saves especially that one you're talking about that came in for the right and he kept Zoska kind of palmed it out in front of him Aye. And if it had been a, another uh, Motherwell player running in that and it could have been a goal but I mean it's, it's, it's a good strong hand to keep the, the, the initial Humphrey effort out and if he knows that it's clear then it's perfectly alright to palm it out in front of you yeah but I mean that was I mean in terms of the in terms of creating chances today, that was really kind of about it for us. I mean we, we held the game we held the game till sixty minutes. And uh, I think that might well have been the game plan. We we, we try and keep it nothing each to sixty minutes and then we bring on Henrik Ojama and hopefully go for something. But that sort of coincided with Celtic sort of um, stepping up a gear as well. And as you say, the the, the boy Watts at that. What looked like again, it's hard to tell because I'm at the other end, but it looked like a couple of very good finishes. Uh, I've not seen the highlights, so I can't really comment on the marking. But I think Stuart McCall was I seen after the game, certainly for the first goal, he's a wee bit disappointed that um, the boy had as much space as he did to get his shot away. But credit to him, he's he's, he's taken both these goals really well, and he's going to be one yeah, for the future. Two very different goals. Right? The first one was very difficult to take, to be honest. Uh, the way it was coming, he he done very well. Uh, Randolph's going to be a, feeling a wee bit unlucky that he didn't keep it from going across the line. But the second goal was a bit of a standout for me. A, a very good strike. Uh, very good, especially for his, for his age and the fact he was a, a debut. I suppose his confidence was high after the first goal and nothing to lose. So yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, the only, the only positive for me today is um, is the fact that that's us played Celtic. We don't we don't see them again until <laughs> next season because uh, of just the, uh, I, I think it's I think it's uh, four games, four defeats. Yeah, uh, only, only one goal in that as well. With the, yep. the Michael Higdon goal, the last time we were at yep. Fourth Park. Yep. So it's not um, it's not been a happy uh, happy fixture for us. But we've got that out of the way, and um, I don't. To be honest, I don't see there being many teams in the top six, perhaps out with maybe Rangers, that, that will take points off Celtic. So we need to sort of keep that in mind as well. Uh, and we are still three points clear. But the, it's a worrying thing for me is we, as a team, we don't, we're not playing with the same sort of um, creativity that we're doing at the start of the season. Guys like Nicky Law, who for the first um, couple of months of the season was, was just outstanding, He's uh, he seems to have fallen away. And I, I thought he looked pretty ordinary today. We've got Omar Daly in the side as well, and he's a guy who we just we we just need to stop paying his wages end of the season. I think he's only here on loan for a wee while, so I think he'll probably go anyway. But I was I was amazed that he got a start today because it's he's a guy that's all right going forward, but I don't know whether he's lazy. I don't know whether he's just not got the awareness to get back. But certainly first half Celtic got a lot of um, a lot of joy down the right hand side, and it was really down to him not tracking back when he should have been. So. Unsurprisingly, he was hooked on on 60 minutes for a jammer, but uh, I don't know, 3-0 maybe flatter Celtic a wee bit, but once they got that first goal, you, you just kind of knew that they were they were home and dry, and I mean, we actually enjoyed a reasonable a reasonable spell when they went two and a lot, but again we just couldn't, I mean we just couldn't convert anything into real chances. Uh, the final ball in the box today from uh, Tom Haley and Chris Humphrey, especially second half, is just not good enough. Nicky Law as well was guilty on a, a couple of occasions of choosing the wrong option when we're in the final third. So um, not a great day at the office for us, to be honest. But 
like I was saying earlier, that's that's Celtic out the way, so we, we just need to look at the other four games that are left. Uh, I think your biggest concern, though, is that when, of our four remaining games, three of them are at home, the trouble for you is our away games at Tannadice. And if we're going to drop any points anywhere, yeah. Tannadice yeah. is possibly the place we're going to do it. And they're yeah. only three points behind one of them. Aye, there's three and they've, they've got a far better goal difference. So it's not it's not even as if it might come down to the wire. I think I think they're plus fourteen B or plus five or something. So if it did and if we did end up in level points they would be they're more or less a point above us. Yeah, I thought it was a nice gesture from Celtic to to change the names on the backs of their tops. To and was it for the, the tie Tims? They're going to auction them off. Yep, they're on their way to Glasgow now, I believe, uh, and they will be at Celtic Park for the St. Johnson game, which is the, the, the Thursday midweek game on the 4th of May or something. Yeah, uh, it's, it's quite a nice gesture, that, especially with the, the history surrounding nah, it. Be, I, t- I tell you what, they're auctioning off all the, the jerseys that have been uh, worn the day, and I would imagine Tony Watts is going to go for an absolute yep. fortune. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the young boys' debut goals and all the, the uh, well, just let's face it, you want to get a, a goal scorer's jersey, don't you? So, a goal scorer's debut jersey. See, the thing bad. is, though, Chris, you you could just get anybody's jersey apart for the keepers and then just say it was Tony Watt, because nobody'd know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do anyway. <laughs> so in the predictor, I went for two-two. Totally wrong. Greg, 3-3, three, three. that's terrible. Chris, 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. Nah, we, we, we were all rubbish. Yeah, should have had both face. Rubbish yeah. again. Another uh, wee start for us. Uh, the last time uh, a debutant Celt got a goal was Chris Commons in the, the, the 4-1 win against Aberdeen in the League Cup semi-final. And the last time a debutant got two goals was Ramon Vega, also against Aberdeen. Uh, that's good stats, but don't tell Tony Watt about Chris Commons because he... he He'll just think to himself, right, well, next season I'm going to end up fat and useless. Scored, <laughs> scored no goals all season. <laughs> to be fair, I've seen Chris Commons uh, offering up his congratulations to Tony on, on Twitter earlier, and my first thought was, that's him got two more, more goals oh, than you, Chris. What? Gee, last season, I, I would have, I was so jealous that he decided to choose Celtic, despite him saying that Rangers were never an option for him. But yeah, he was, he was a standout player last season, and then I don't know, he seemed to have uh, bulked himself up for whatever reason, tried to improve on on something that didn't need improving, if you like, and now look at him, he's just... He's just, he's a bizarre shape, isn't he? It's like you're yeah. saying, he's, he's spent too long down the gym or something, and it's kind of weird, he looks overweight, but he's clearly not overweight, it must just be, um, you know, bulking up with muscle and whatnot, because um, he's like a, he's turned into a right stocky-looking player which I don't really think was was necessary at the time. He had enough um, enough about him to cope with the, the physical aspects of the game last season so I'm not sure why he's, he's decided to get down that route. He must be juicing up or something. Must be on the roids. Allegedly. Him and Zagiri down the left are the perfect partnership if they can get that up and running for next season because well, Zagiri doing the overlap, Commons cutting inside I'd say you can't get a much better left hand side than that. But well, both players have. It was it was pretty good last yeah. season, but like you say, this season, well, obviously, Zagiri was injured for a good while, and then Chris Commons has got whatever's up with him. Actually, I'm going to stand up for Chris Commons here. He's what he's one of our top assists this season. 
I don't think he's the top assist when it comes to goals, but he's up there. But it's just not bad for a guy that's mm-hmm. not played all the games. And it's not as if his shots have they been hitting the target them. And it was a great save at uh, Randolph today. Yes. It stung his palms. But it's just the ball's just not going in the net. And I, the impression I've had most of the season is if Chris Commons could just get one goal. You get know who I was impressed with today? Paddy McCourt. I liked him that for a change it it wasn't about the the Paddy McCourt show, it wasn't about him going on a run and trying to beat 22 men, be going round beating them, going back and doing it again he just, he done the simple things, he done the the simple passes and I think it was was it him that set up? Set up the third goal, I set up the third goal, that's cross for the third goal and he's a guy that deserves to be playing every week in the SPL and just circumstances Circumstances being as as with, with the squad that Celtic have got, he's not doing that. But I think it's a shame we don't get more a because he's he's a footballer that, that people that people would pay money to go and watch. They like watching that sort of stuff. So I, I, I'd like to see him getting a wee bit more of a. Wee bit I think more he just needs time. to cut out the, the fanciness. Really, yeah, he can do it and he can score wonder goals by by beating four guys easily. But today just showed me that if he cuts that out and just does. Does what he's he's good at with the, the simple passes and the the, the thread like passes and I think he could make it into the, the team but he just I don't know maybe it's when he comes on as a sub and the, the fans clearly love him and start chanting his name maybe he just gets a bit of a, a big head and he's maybe too much is expected of him and and a start would maybe take that away. Well, to be fair to him, see if you go back to the previous game at Fur Park with Celtic, um, McCourt yeah. came off the bench that day and it was him that set up the winner. Mm-hmm. Set up yeah. the goal, yep. So, I mean, that he set up, that's two goals he set up at Fur Park this season. Now, the first one meant a lot more than the second one, but the 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 cross he put in for charity was that brilliant. I would have scored that. No, I don't know about that, Chris. <laughs> oh, well, I I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> in my head. But, but you know, the the one you mentioned earlier that charges seem to play into the hands of Randolph. It was even that was a, a cracking pass for uh, Paddy McCourt. It was just just yeah. well weighted and perfectly positioned for him. I got confused. Yeah. Think, uh, could you believe how good it was? He was too busy admiring it. Forgot he had the ball. So moving on to the, the the final game on Sunday, and that's Hibs against Kilmarnock, and. The podcast recordings taking place on Sunday evening, so I've not seen any highlights from this, so I can't really talk about the the game in detail. But the game finished one 0 to Kilmarnock, and yet another home game that Hibs didn't win. That's what one so far this season. Yep, one this season, none for Pat Fenlon. That's his tenth home game without a win, which apparently makes him the worst Hibs manager ever. I Chris, wait a minute, are you reading my notes here? Because I've written that down. Courtesy of Facebook stats. That's where I got uh, it from as well. That was my stats. Yeah, I thought that was that was it. I've been leading up to that. Ah, uh, yes, you have nipped in there. You got, you're not faster last. <laughs> That's it. I can, I can, I can give you another one. Right, I, 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 we're already at the point that Hibs can only win two games this season at home, and that would equal their worst ever season at home, which is they did. They won two in 1936-37. So. If they don't win their last home game this season, they're going to be their worst yeah. season ever at home. Yeah, it's just to- it's total garbage, isn't it? It really is from Hibs this season. And I know they've got the cup final there and that'll sort of... Um, I think that'll keep everybody boyed up to the end of the season. But Hibs fans can't be, uh, be lost in them that it's been just a desperate season. Because, I mean, they're firm on look as though they're going to keep them safe. But, you know, with Ross County coming up next season and... 
if Hibs continue with the with the form that they're showing at the moment, given the fact that he has actually brought in a few new players, then um, I think the alarm bells might be ringing around about Easter Road next season. It'll be interesting to see how they how they start the season because Finland's uh, jacket might well be in a might have a there. busy stadium next season with the, the Hibs trying to get people to buy up their season tickets in advance just so they can get a cup final ah, ticket. Yeah, so you get one ticket if you've got a season ticket this <coughs> year and if you get a season ticket for next year you're allowed two tickets. So well it's it's maybe not fair. I can see why people are a bit unhappy about it, but it makes good business sense and it could benefit Hibs in the long run because it could lead to extra season tickets being bought for next season, whereas maybe they weren't going to do that because you you got to get sick of the the way they've been playing. Eventually, you can't you can't back them forever. Yeah, I think most teams do. Motherwell certainly did it last year with the cup final. If you bought a season ticket, you were getting your entitled to four tickets for the final. And, um, I think it's pretty common practice, but uh, aye, it's going to be the it's going to be the most optimistic of Hibs fans that really buy up season tickets in their drums, I think. So in the predictor, I went one 0 to Hibs. Greg, you went two one to Kelly and Chris went 2-0 to Hibs. So, Greg, you would have got one point in the predictor. But other Super. than that, it's rubbish. I think it's been a really bad week for us this week. <laughs> Almost embarrassing. So I thought I'd move on to the Paul Ban charity bit. And, well, I picked the matches and I did a rubbish job at it. So to summarise the matches, I went for Falkirk to beat Wraith Rovers. That's a certainty, of course. Yeah, Wraith Rovers win 3-2. Ross County, they could beat anybody, anybody in the league, and yet they draw 1-1 with Morton. So lost that one. I went for Arbroath to beat Albion Rovers. Arbroath were fighting for the second division title. It was a slim slim hope, but they, they had to win to keep it alive, and they drew 1-1. And Cowden Beath were the, the only team really that, that done it for me and they won 2-0. So yeah, that was a fiver down the drain. So it's rubbish. So what I did was, I thought, right, we're going to have to step up here. And Greg, you've previously done the, the charity bet and I think you were rubbish as well. Mm-hmm. So Chris, <laughs> this week is your turn. Yep, take leave your senses with us. That's you're it. Asking me to do Aye, it. Greg, I, I sent Chris a message saying, can you... Can you pick the Paul Band charity bet? And Chris says, I can't even pick my nose. So... <laughs> That's not a good sign. It's not a good start. Right, so I've got, the, I've got your selections here in front of me. It's four away games. And you've got Dundee to beat Air United. Dumbarton to beat Sterling. I don't think anybody could beat Sterling, to be honest. Alloa to beat Clyde. And Berwick Rangers to beat East Sterling. So hopefully we get something from that. I've... I'll put £5 on that. I normally do it at Ladbrokes. And to be honest, their website is rubbish when it comes to Scottish football and lower league football and that they don't put the odds up until quite close to the weekend games. So, yeah, so right now I've no idea what kind of odds we're going to get for that. But with four away wins, it should be OK. I think Dumbarton and Alloa well, will hopefully. be close to odds on anyway. Uh, Dumbarton, especially against Sterling Albion. They're just doing so poorly this season. I think that they're going to... Unfortunately, Miss Alloa, as, as they're promoted and Sterling are relegated, because it's, it's always good banter that. Yeah. You derby? I've been to a few and good friendly rivalry. Uh, while we're talking about the lower leagues, I think we should uh, offer up our congratulations to Cowden Beath, who clinched the second division title at yep, the weekend. Done their business. With their, their, their Paul Band win. Eh? I wish somebody did that. It. <laughs> 
So that that's the, the the four titles all decided. All Athletic winning the third division, Ross County winning the first division, Celtic winning the SPL. Apparently, it's the the fastest that the the four titles have been clinched since 2001-2002, when we've seen Celtic, Partick Thistle, Queen of the South, and Brecon City all crowned champions. Ah, it's good. Aye, congratulations, Count Beath, and uh, similar to Allo, it's good to do it on your your home turf. Uh, and well, it was looking like they were going to be getting it anyway, because Arbroath only had a slim chance, but. That's it, it's good to get it tied up early and hopefully get a wee bit of the, maybe the youth, give them a chance in the, the final games. don't think they've got many left, probably only a couple of games, I think. They normally finish before the SPL, don't they? The lower leagues. Uh, I think they're in 34 uh, games. I'm looking forward to seeing Ross County in the SPL next season, or just in a similar sort of subject, I'm looking forward to the um, Ross County Inverness derby. I think, that's, uh, I think that could be a good one and interesting to see what all the Scottish football fans think of uh, a wee overnight in Dingwall. I've been there a few <laughs> times myself and my goodness me, you want to be staying well, in they're, they're talking about ground sharing, <laughs> aren't they, at least in, uh, as a backup plan. So they've got it in yeah. the back burner, I think. They've got that in the back burner in case they don't. It's a total nonsense anyway, this, this don't get me started on all this seating regulation nonsense. There's nothing wrong with Ross County's ground. It's perfectly acceptable, but of course they have to have this ridiculous Seating criteria met for the start of the season, so I think they're on course. Celtic were up there earlier this season in the cup. Ah, oh, that's right. I mean, they've, they've played the league cup games up there, and they've they've, they've, they've got sort of big sides like that going up there. So let's just have a bit of common sense here. But of course, you're talking about the SPL and you're talking about Scottish football, so common sense is right yeah. out the window. Aye, it was, it'd be good if they they had the opportunity to to take advantage of the the standing how the SPL are allowing clubs to yeah. apply for standing sections, but. That's, that's kind of went quiet lately. I've not heard of any club. It was when it when the rule change was announced. You, you heard uh, Rangers and Celtic yeah. talking about it. Was it Dunfermline as well? But it's, it's Aberdeen quiet. were talking about it because they're because they're getting their new stadium. They they had sort of made noises about perhaps incorporating that into their their new design. But I don't know if it's if it's progressed much further than that. There was a roadshow going around all the. Uh, or the football clubs with certain examples of these sort of things, but I, I like you. I've, I've, I've certainly, in terms of Motherwell, I've, I've heard nothing. nothing I think uh, bigger events have probably overtaken it. To be honest, or the the Rangers stuff. Yeah, yeah. was a hundred pound per seat for the. That sounds strange, but uh, hopefully you know what I mean when I say that for the the standing section. So it's it's not cheap yeah. for something that. Well, it's not going to make each individual seat isn't going to make the, the club any more money. They, they maybe get more fans, but that £100 adds up if you're talking about adding in a section of a, a few hundred, a thousand. It's, it's quite a lot. Yeah, it's one of these. You could, you could do it in a. You could, you could factor in a season ticket, I suppose, and see if you're buying. If you were buying a season ticket in this particular area, then you've got a one off payment of £100. But then that is, uh, technically speaking, your seat from that point onwards. So. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get off the ground. I'm, I'm kind of about lukewarm on the whole thing. I think it's a step forward, but for me, it's it's, it's a halfway house um, in terms of just coming back to actually allowing people to stand at the game. So I don't know if it will happen, to be honest. So moving on to the SPL games that are coming up next weekend. And the first game up is Dundee United against Hearts, which is a, a 12.30 kickoff. And that is live on, and I'm padding here while I'm looking up, live football on UKTV.com, 
a wee plug there from my, my <laughs> website. And that's live on ESPN. I'm going to go for a home victory here. Dundee United. Aye. Definitely going to win this one. I'm going to go for 2 0. I think I'll go. I'm going to go for Hearts. And I think it's more just hopeful uh, thinking than anything based on form or anything else. Uh, Hearts on their day are a decent side, but unfortunately this season they've just not been on their day enough. Dundee United have shown that they can they can slip up as well. I mean, there was Aberdeen, gave them a bit of hiding. So, eternal optimist, I'm going to say 2 nothing Hearts. Yeah, I think it's going to be Dundee United winning this one. I think their hearts aren't really caring anymore about the league. I think if Warry if was right about what he was saying about the, the Rangers game, then I can't see this being any different. And they're away from home as well. We know what their away form's like. So. No, I'll say 2-1 United. 2-1 United. Next game up is Dunfermline against Aberdeen. I don't think Dunfermline are going to win a single home game this season. It's just going to continue. because I'm going to go for an Aberdeen victory. I'm going to go for 1-0 Aberdeen. Aye, 2-0 Aberdeen. The Fairman are finished. I think it's all over for them, so this might just put the nail in the coffin. Another attempt for the Fairman to get their elusive home win against Aberdeen, who don't really concede goals. Nah, 1-0 Aberdeen. <laughs> Kamarnak against Inverness. I'm going to go for a draw here. I'm going to go for a, a Paul Band, 0-0. Um, I've got a draw as well. I, t- I take one each. It's just it's one of these games that just means absolutely nothing. One yeah. each. It's the who cares game of the week. Yep. Uh, technically, Inverness aren't safe yet. They're 11 ahead of them firmly. they 12 to play for. Uh, they had that really stupid game against Aberdeen. Where they probably should have scored and did, but only in their own net. Oh, one nil come on, look. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Next game up is Motherwell against St Johnson. Motherwell are going to be desperate to, to keep the, the lead in the, in the chase for the Champions League spot. Potentially a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance, Greg. Uh, so. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I don't think we'll ever have the opportunity yeah, to do uh, this. Well, especially when the, the league goes back to the, the one single Champions League spot available. So, yeah, uh, it's going to mean a lot. I'm going to go for... A home victory here, but going to go 2-1 close, because I do rate St Johnson, but I just don't think they're going to have enough. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping Sandaz is out with his red card. I'm not sure how it how it falls with that, whether it's a, an automatic one game, it's a straight red, but I think it maybe depends well, it on what went for. would have been violent conduct, uh, so it should be a medium. conduct, conduct. for two. I think about so, for yeah. two as well. So, he's, so he's, he's definitely going to miss... Um, the game on Saturday, which is a plus point for us. I don't, it's a difficult one to call because both sides, I think, are pretty evenly matched uh, to bonds in terms of our current form as well. We're both sort of toiling a wee bit, so it's a, it's a hard one to call, but uh, we need to win it. It's, it's as simple as that. We've, we've got that game on the Saturday, then we've got Hearts on the Tuesday, and it's, it's got to be two wins if we're, um, if we're thinking about third place. And even at, that, even at that, I'm not sure that'll be enough to do it, so <sighs> got to go another roll. Two 0 Uh, well, I suppose Motherwell will know what the United score is by the point they kick off, so they'll know whether they're having to try and retake third place or if they're getting a chance to extend that gap. Like I say, Sandaza missing might be a bonus, but then, as I said earlier, St Johnson seemed to look better when he went off. So, 
don't know, I can see this being really tight. St. Johnson's had a decent away form as well in the league. I'm going to say one each. Well, I really hope, see, that this time next week when I'm watching the highlights, I really hope Ajama's got his haircut finished because I don't think I can stand seeing that again. <laughs> i tell you what, that was that bad. I could see it from the same stand of the... That's, that's, that's no, not a great look, is it? That's no, just not a great look at all. So uh, on Sunday, we've got Celtic vs Rangers as uh, the lunchtime kickoff, the final old firm of the season, and whatever. Maybe, maybe they were they were bigging it up on Sky Sports, <laughs> trying to, to big it up how it, it means m- uh, more than ever for for each team here to win this. And no, it I'm just thinking. Nonsense. Yeah, Another meaningless game. Well, it's the old firm. There's always that uh, kudos that goes with winning that. That's never going to go away. But other than that, there's, they're not they're not playing for anything really, other than pride. Right. I'm going to my blue tinted specs has to come on here. I I think the Celtic, they won three 0 today, but they, they didn't look like they were on fire at all. They they didn't look, apart from Tony Watt, who I expect he won't play. I don't think that he'll get thrown into the, the old firm game. I'm going to go for an away victory. I'm going to go for a tight one, though. I'm going to go 2-1. Two Rangers. But, yeah, 2-1. <laughs> nah, no chance. I think... I, I, I kind of agree with what you said today. I think for periods of the game, Celtic struggled a wee bit. But I think if they had to step up a bit, they could have done so. And I think they've got the, the players in the squad to do that. And I think next week they'll be... They'll have their tails up and be determined to, to win the last old firm game of the season. I, I think they could uh, I think they could run it three 0 winners. <laughs> That's optimistic. <laughs> um I I would actually really love to see Celtic put the under nineteen out in this game and treat it with complete disdain. <laughs> <laughs> just for a laugh it's like, ah, that's irrelevant to us see the thing is Chris that could, that could ruin a player uh, doing it and if you get destroyed in that game that, that's yeah I, I don't know I, I can see what you're saying though I can but I just think it, it could be too mentally damaging if you get humped I don't see that I, I, see, I mean, that's the thing I don't think they would get humped I think we've got a good under 19 team and I think Rangers have been having to pull in their under 19s for a couple oh, of months yeah. now no, they've still, they've still a, there's a core of experienced players there, but I mean, I I would absolutely love to see a few of the younger boys get a chance, especially if they can win this Youth Cup again. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it'd be great to see um, Celtic going stick under 19s out from now on, because I think, I think it would serve as a reminder of everybody in the game that, do you know what, these boys that are playing at that level are very, very good, and you know you don't have to be paying guys five to ten grand a week. You've got boys in here that are more than capable of playing, so I think it'd be great whether they do it or I just think the old thing, firm's just not the place for it. I think that the, the hatred that exists from certain sections of the fans in that stadium, that it's just, no, I, I just think it's going to be too much, too much a step up. Save save it for a, another league game, but, but not that one. Oh, I'm sure it will. I, I, I don't doubt that the final three games we'll see quite a few of the boys getting a, a, a game. But in this instance, I'm thinking, even if you go in the form, I'm thinking... That the like Stokes hasn't really been playing that well recently. Hooper's been off the boil. Samaras wasn't great in the semi-final. I'm like, Tony Bott's the only striker we've got recently from scoring goals. Yeah. <laughs> now he's only played one game, but 
for me, if you're going to go purely on merit, he's earned a place in that team. I, I think Samaras, I think he, he often t- turns it on. I was going to say he always Aye. turns it on against Rangers, but he's the type of player that I would play against Rangers because he, he's big, he's physical, he's he's annoying, basically. So he, I would always start him regardless of form. I think Rangers, Rangers, Rangers are playing that Donkey McCulloch up front. Oh. So they've got, they've got very little in firepower oh, wait, as man, well. He, big jig. He's a born again striker. Oh, don't, don't start me. His name's Mudrin about these parts. He's burnt his big time. Elbows McCulloch, that's his name. Aye. Anyway, right, aye. Let's get to the, the prediction. I'm just going to go over my heart, my green tinted specs, and say 2 0 Celtic, which still isn't as optimistic as Greg's prediction, but there you go. Well, Celtic, they proved in at Kilmarnock that if they, if, if they need to go out and do the business, and all right, all right, they didn't do it in the semi-final, but if they if they play the right game, they'll sweep them in that league aside. And you know, being that it's at Celtic Park, I think they'll, I think love their tails up next week. So, I three 0 Celtic. You know, I would absolutely love us to see his put in a performance up with Douglas Kamara and Skelp Rinder six 0 Thing is, Chris, <laughs> that would be brilliant. I, I would never get a heart like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I wonder yeah. why. But uh, you're, you're right, it could have significance. This could be the final old firm game between the <laughs> the original Celtic against the original Rangers. Yep. That would be almost, almost fitting, actually, because the very first time Celtic played Rangers, Celtic won 5-2 at Celtic Park. Old Celtic Park, to be fair. And it would be very fitting if Celtic went on and won the last one as well. But not 5-2, no. I, I, I... Uh, 5-2 would be great, eh? I don't see it. 2-0 today. I'm well happy with 2-0. <laughs> as, as, as long as we're not talking about the referee, as long as whatever happens, oh, Lennon just says... Or, in fact, Lennon just says nothing. He'll be in the stand. I don't think he'll do anything. He'll, just, he'll, he'll join him in a huddle when we're singing champions. Aye, he'll, be on the, he'll be on the phone again, speaking at me as we, <laughs> as we headset. Aye. Right, moving on from the old fun game. St Mirren against Hibs. Bizarrely, quarter past three kick-off. And I've just referred to this brilliant site, live football on UKTV.com. And it doesn't seem that that game's on. Oh, no, it is Sky Sports 4. Oh, wait a minute. It's another, it's a, a Sky Sports Super Sunday. Yes. Super Sunday. That's it. That's it. The Celtic Rangers games, they build up to the big game. That's Super it. Right. Well, Hibs are going to go into this. Uh, they're going to be a wee bit papping it, just in case some Fenland sneak up. So it depends on the, the result on Saturday whether they're going to have to step up their game. But I'm still going to go for a Hibs win. I'm going to go for 2-0. It's got to be another draw, hasn't it? This, uh, this run of draws at St. Bernard, I think, are going, to, are going to keep going. I'm going to go, I'm going to go nothing each. Ball band. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, if Fernwin lose this on the Saturday and Hibs win this one on the Sunday, they go nine clear with nine to play for, and a massively superior goal difference. So this could be the weekend that gets pretty much decided. I think I already tipped on Fairman to get beat by Aberdeen. Do I tip Hibs to win? Uh, it's going to be difficult with Hibs, I think, because O'Connor picked up an injury in the game today, depending how bad that is, which we don't know yet. Apparently it's a foot injury. That might have a bit of a negative effect on their goal-scoring abilities. Having said that, they've still got Lee Griffiths as well. He's pretty decent. I'll take I'll take Hibs to Edge just 1-0 their away form's better than their home form that is much better right that's as predicted we've not got many predictions left to be honest it's probably a good thing we've had a good oh, one you're right but it's, but it's always enjoyable sticking your neck out there and, and hoping for the best and then there's been some weeks when I've 
I'm sure I got three one week and I felt really smug. That makes it all worthwhile. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. So thanks again for coming on, guys. And we'll we need to have a, a think about what's happening next week because I don't think I want to do the podcast on a Sunday evening after watching Old Firm in a pub. And then Monday evening's the Manchester Derby, which looks like it's a, almost a winner-takes-all uh, after the, the results today with Man United dropping points and Man City winning. So it'll be an interesting one. Maybe a late one That's for the next it. one. Because it's... We'll definitely need to, we need to talk about what happened in the, the final of our own fun game. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely discuss Rangers' victory. Definitely. It'll be a Rangers' victory mm. special. Right. But thanks again, guys, for coming on and speak to you next week. Yep. Cheers. Speak to you next week. Bye. Yep. Cheers, lads. <laughs>